You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. There's just one part that I love more than anything. I hold it so near to my heart. It has just two folks. They're a pair of two college friends. A bright light in a world that is dark. I Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. And, you know, I'm just, I feel like this is the second week in a row that I blew the intro. <laughs> Oh, that's great but the the last the last one uh i edited i yeah. edited it together that's a uh that's a pete holmes joke the whole like the he's like edited edited, edited it. it he's like it's too did it it's just too many did it in there <laughs> I edited he's it. like i edited it, edited it. <laughs> i edited it, edited it you did a great anyway. job no one was the wiser <laughs> no one was the wiser because editing mm. uh so Coming back after our 100th episode, mm. spectacular. That's right. Feeling pretty good about that episode. Um, yeah, man. Got Just a lot 99 of more to go. Just 99 <laughs> more to go until 200. <laughs> yep. We'll see you guys when we're 40. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, it's wild to think that we how like oh yeah we're we started this we were you know 33 34 and that's weird is that right i'm 38 i guess that's right yeah well so what is time (laughs) no matter um (laughs) yeah i don't know it's who cares what do we what do we (laughs) math is hard i think that's at the end of the day uh math is difficult yeah, yeah. Um, which is why instead of doing math, I like to drink alcohol. Mm, what you got there? This is a plug for alcohol. <laughs> this, ep- this episode of Magnified Pod brought to you by alcohol. Mm. Alcohol, when you want to talk with your bro for three and a half hours, try alcohol. It does wonders. <laughs> um, I am drinking a Sauvignon Blanc. Mm, this classy, evening. classy as hell. Well, it is my favorite grape varietal. Mm, it is you're the, a grape daddy. I am. A, well, <laughs> you you are the OG grape daddy. And when it comes to the the second tier grape daddy, mm. like, you know, wine grapes sure. versus like the Concord grape flavor of your Welsh's, your mm-hmm. candies, your slushies, mm-hmm. what have you. I oh. defer to you as that particular grape daddy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but this is a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. 
um, from the Marlboro uh, grape. So it is uh, Sauvignon Blancs are like drier white wines. Mm-hmm. So because I don't I don't do sweet wines. I don't do, yeah. do sweet reds or sweet whites or dessert wines or anything like that. I like my wines dry and tannic mm. and Sauvignon Blancs are the drier of a drier white. Yeah. And this, but it's also still has like these tropical and fruity mm. flavors. So mm-hmm. you kind of get those tropical notes without it being like gross, sugary sweetness. Yeah. I hear you. I'm generally, I go red. Uh, I'll maybe do a Pinot Gris, but mm. uh, I like that. I like a Sauvignon Blanc. Nothing wrong it's, with that. It's, it's summer, bro. I can't be drinking like a heavy mm. red blend in like hot weather, like sitting right. outside in my backyard, sipping a nice chilled white. Just great. Sounds great. It is great. Um, some say you shouldn't drink a brown ale in the summer. And yet <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, I have a weird beer. Mm. This is a, a wild onion brewery, which is out near me. Sure. Uh, sure. Stay puffed brown ale infused with marshmallow dude that is i don't know if i can co-sign this that is a fall beer you got it's a fall beer you got marshmallows on there it's it's probably like toasty and like i think it's been in my fridge for a while (laughs) i'm trying to drink this is like a regular size can you know like you're trying to drink i'm I'm trying to drink you're trying for once in your life you're trying to drink alcohol This is a 12 ounce can in the past many episodes I've had, you know, a big boy and I'm like, I think I need to cool it a little bit with those (laughs) every single time. So even though this is not seasonally appropriate, I can, I can finish this guy. No problem. Anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Seasonally inappropriate beers (laughs) aside. Inappropriate. (laughs) Dude, we should talk about Conan. Yeah. RIP. All right. Conan on TBS. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's be clear. Conan's not dead. (laughs) This <laughs> show has has gone on to greener pastures, but the man remains. Yes, the, uh, with the, us. The, the man, the man is with us, but yeah, he's his. He's ending. Uh, I think tomorrow, right? I think yeah. is his is his last show. Right. And um, uh, as we're recording this, that is, and you know, we were discussing him a little bit today on the Discord, mm. uh, and the handful of us were the importance of him in our adolescence and sort of our, our comedic sensibilities and mm-hmm. how like for me growing up like I was uh I feel like I mean you might you might disagree I, I, I don't necessarily want to speak for you but I feel like we were just sort of on that sort of the precipice of like being too young to be like letterman's audience yeah he started i feel like for a generation older than us like letterman was like the guy and then like for the boomers you know they had like johnny carson and everything like that so we were sort of like in those in-betweens and when conan debuted and i first started watching i got to an age where i started watching late night shows his comedic sensibilities and the absurdity the absurdist uh, writing and characters and everything that he had was just because I was also getting, you know, I had just a couple of years pre- prior started listening to Weird Al. And, and so I was developing my, my sense, my, my sense of humor. And 
that the absurdist stuff was what really was hitting for me. So I was sort of on the discord talking about some of my favorite characters, the, you know, the masturbating bear was one of my favorites, uh, Pimpot 5000, mm-hmm. uh, the, the sketches that he did with Joel and Max Weinberg, Max Weinberg being a very famous a musician. Yeah. And always <laughs> and playing just the weirdest playing, playing the most on the depraved, show. <laughs> like Joel, the announcer and, and, and Max playing the oh, most yeah. horribly depraved yeah. people. And Joel even just, weirder. Joel, very, you know, very weird. Um, and you know, had that like gross long ponytail and that, you know, holding that weird, you know, mouth agape smile. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, you know, the Walker Texas Ranger lever was <laughs> was pure gold. Uh, his satellite TV stuff that he did, Triumph the Insult mm-hmm. Comic Dog, and uh, Preparation H Raymond. Uh, let's see, uh, Frankenstein. Like so Frankenstein, he like wants to like he wants to show you something, and he's like, he's like he's like, oh, he thinks he's gonna show you like, you know, it's like, oh, here's Tom Hanks. It's like, no, it's not Tom Hanks. He wants to show you like you know, something super benign. And he's like, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and, and, oh, also Amy Poehler getting like, sister was Andy's little sister, Jack McBrayer, all these people that were like, that would eventually go on to become big NBC household names mm-hmm. were like pages or started with bit parts on Conan's yeah. show. And he always emphasized, uh, like lesser known bands, mm-hmm, for um, sure. MXPX played on there. Yeah, um, Rancid, uh, No Effects. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. Who else played on there? I mean, they've. I feel like there are some good ska bands. Did the the Real Big Fish play on there? I'm trying to remember if there was. Right. But I mean, he's like famously, actually, really into music. So I feel like you could tell that. Whereas yeah. with some other late shows, it was more of like a you know formality, but. He's always been a friend to music and comedy in general. Yeah, boss tones. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You would always see him if if you'd see behind the scenes stuff. He's always kind of like holding a guitar, you know, strumming his guitar at rehearsals and stuff. And right. so you can definitely tell he's a a yeah. big music guy. So um, he's gonna go on, I guess, to do something with HBO Max. Oh, interesting. What that looks like. I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I will be sad to not have him, you know, in a, in a daily capacity. Yeah. But oh, how can we forget the the Paul Rudd bit, <laughs> Mac and me, <laughs> the Mac and me, like been like two at least two decades of Paul Rudd. Yeah, he uh, did one more this week. He did. He did. <laughs> it's the best. God, Paul Rudd, what a what a brilliant man. I love yeah. him so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Conan was always huge for me too. Uh when I went to New York as a 14-year-old for the first time, we went to 30 Rock and I got to see the set. Did not get to see a taping, sadly, but I hmm. left with a bunch of Conan merch, including like a keychain that I had all throughout high school and college and we of course both saw him on the legally prohibited from being funny on television tour, or whatever it was we called. We did. We did. And yes. that was a glorious time. Um, yeah, he's always been very important to me, and I feel like shaped 
yeah, he's kind of, as you're saying, like Letterman shaped Conan and then Conan kind of shaped our whole generation as far as like comedy uh, mentality. So yeah. Get him on the pod. Get him. I mean, he's not going to be doing anything for a while. You know, get him on the pod. He's got a podcast I've heard. Yeah, he does. He does. He's Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Um, I think uh, it's it's an interesting concept considering the sort of have you have you ever wondered what he is on the Enneagram because he has this sort sort of like arm's length kind of yes. emotional distance from people. Yeah. Like where he he doesn't want people to get too yeah he might be a six i could see a six for conan yeah um anyway yeah i just said i've heard because he's got a huge podcast and it's always like number one and he's always winning awards for it and stuff but it's one of those shows that like every week pretty much there's a guest i'm like oh that would be interesting and then i never really listen to (laughs) but (laughs) there have been many great interviews on that show yep anyway anyway this is not talking coco no no but just wanted. I just feel like it would be appropriate to kind of mark yeah, that particular particular moment. Um, but I feel like he would have like a banana man on his show, just a guy in a banana costume standing around. Pretty Sounds much. Conan. Yeah. yeah, that's also like he he was the person that introduced me to how Martha Stewart was like in on the jokes right right she like she had this like straight laced appearance but she was like ready to uh be a part of the joke like right you know when he this was very early on when she was on and he had uh he had her like take a a giant bite of a taco bell burrito and drink from a drink from a 40 40 yeah she was like she was i'm like she just she was ready to be a part of the joke and and that was like like okay okay <laughs> this is pre a- her relationship with snoop dog exactly yeah <laughs> uh, um, anyway anyway we could talk i could talk about conan for a long time but yeah um so we uh last week as we said we had our hundredth episode Mm-hmm. And we fielded a lot of voicemails. Many uh, wonderful many... voicemails and messages. Thanks, yes. everybody. Oh, man. Uh, so this time around, we, do, we only have one voicemail this week. And it is from our boy, Robert Gay. Bobby G. Boy, Bobby G. Robert Gay. Uh, dropping in. A little late to say happy 100 episodes, so I'll, uh, maybe the more timely congratulations at this point is happy three years. Uh, I'm so thankful that you guys decided to make a podcast, (laughs) and uh, it's been awesome. As someone who also grew up in the Christian scene and and loved a lot of these punk bands, uh, to have these breakdowns, not only of the past, but a look at current events and how we analyze these things in our lives. Uh, plus, you know, we get some songs about bears and Elisha and, <laughs> and baldness. Um, <laughs> I'm really thankful for the community in the Discord as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been on there and, and really appreciated being able to kind of process things in life and, and um, coming to a community that really shares 
some similar history and perspectives. Uh, it's really special to get to come together with people who understand reference points like Five Iron Frenzy and Gerbert and Carmen and uh, and we can also debate, you know, uh, our favorite Starburst flavors. <laughs> so uh, there's so much life and, and obviously hours and hours that you guys have uh, created and uh, entertained us with through the pandemic and now that things are over. Can't wait to see you guys in the pit at a show. Yes. Uh, I'm all for the Petunia tattoo, by the way. Um, mm. Anyway, I just want to say Magpod for life. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you, Robert. Robert Gay, Bobby G. Best um, dude. We appreciate you. We're happy to be a part uh, of this community with you. And we uh, hope to one day go to a Rocket Town show. Yeah, man. With you. Hey, I, I failed on my Nashville trip to meet up with Robert even though he generously offered to, it didn't make it work, but you will be visiting Cashville soon. And I will. Uh, hopefully you guys can meet up. I mean, soon is relative. It's uh, like five months away, I mean, but you know, again, <laughs> what is time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Bobby G. We, we, um, we really appreciate that. Um, you know, and... we haven't spent enough time talking about Gerbert on the pod. We should get to Gerbert at some point. I am on, I am not familiar with Gerbert. Herbert was a little puppet, uh, you know, sort of a little Marky adjacent, um, but he wasn't, he wasn't really a part of my experience either, but I know he was for a lot of people. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk oh, puppets looks, a little more. That looks familiar. Yeah. If you yeah, Google Gerbert, you'll know this guy. He looks like a potato. He does kind of look like a potato. Uh, uh, he's a nice kid. I mean, if there's anything we're, we're more of a, uh, we're more of a guardian Halo Express pod. That's true. It's true. So um, we, we stand some guardian over here on this on our pod. Absolutely. I believe. I mean, Robert uh, thrown down with that reference to Brandon Kisner's great bald aggression power bears, but yeah. Yeah. Robert, a very talented uh, singer songwriter in his own mm -hmm. right. So I feel like mm -hmm. the gauntlet's been thrown down, and it's time for a Bobby G original to make its way Ooh, to the pod. I'm just saying, shit. Bobby just, G, do you hear this? Streets are talking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, I mean, I feel like John all but called you out, Bobby G. So are you going to answer the call? I think is the all-important question. Mm. So what, what do you got for us? What do you got for us? <laughs> you you maybe maybe not take a, uh, a more punk approach. You might take a more uh, folksy, maybe, yeah. I don't know, get a little, get a little, trump get a little trumpet yeah. on there, you know, make it a little... Make it a little interesting. See what, see what you got, Bobby G. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. Um, something, John, that we haven't done recently that we started to do uh, is something where we discuss uh, our opinions on mm. certain things. Mm. And what's that segment called? Oh, th this this segment, John. You're wondering what this segment is called? Uh huh. The takes with John Potter. Ooh, baby. It's called the takes, John. That's what it's called. Mm. You got some you got some you got some things off here. You got some takes for us this week? I got some takes. Uh, they're not too spicy as we were saying off off mic. Uh 
I'm almost certain I may have talked about both of these things that are my takes on the pod already, but you know, um, I was going to say, I got one word for everybody. Puppets. Puppets is my <laughs> take <laughs> theme today. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> and I mean, Gerbert making a little appearance in Bobby G's voicemail just proves that puppets very, very on brand right now. Okay. The finger on the puppet pulse. Um, no, I was thinking about stuff that was making me uh, excited this week as we approach the takes. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about the upcoming Candyman movie on the pod already. But I think you've mentioned it. I probably have. And I probably have mentioned what I'm about to say too. But extremely excited for Candyman. It's one of my favorite movies. This is like a remake slash sequel. Uh, Jordan Peele produced, uh, Nia Costa oh. directing. Um, you know, it's about Chicago. It's about race. It's about ghosts. It's it's uh, cool music. It's so many things that I love. And uh, the the remake, whatever it's called, sequel, whatever it is, is going to be really cool. It was supposed to come out last year. They held it mm. for COVID, and now it is coming out in August. But Puppets, uh, probably my favorite theater company ever, is called Manual Cinema, and they are a Chicago theater company, and they do shadow puppetry. Mm. Uh, does this sound familiar at all? Have I talked about this? I think I think you mentioned <laughs> I think I did. at some point that you went to go see. I did. I'm going to talk about Frankenstein. Uh, they did this production of Frankenstein, and it sounds so bizarre what I'm describing. Like I'm having a hard puppetry. time even understanding. You kind of have to watch clips of it. Um, you can easily find their videos. Manual Cinema is what it's called. And the idea behind the name of their theater company is that manual cinema, like they make movies as you're watching it basically. So it's like everything that you see on stage is being produced live, but they also have like monitors. And so there are live actors on stage. So it's a mix of that, but they're also like controlling these elaborate um, shadow puppets that move and like, move around space and they use a bunch of different ways to sort of make them come to life. And so they have, um, what do you call those things? Like we had in school as kids, uh, you know, you'd put like the screen up and then you'd, uh, what oh, am I like, thinking? Like the projectors. Yeah. But there's like a specific kind of, like you, know you put the, the, you like the little the... clear pieces of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever yeah. that thing is called. Um, they use mainly those. And so they're like, it's kind of like live animation. And so they're like going okay. through all these pieces of cutouts that are moving around on stage and other people are putting other elements on top of them, like lights and snow and there's live music. Wow. And so you can watch the actors doing this, but you can also watch the screen. So it looks like a live sort of animated movie is happening in front of you. It's hard to explain, but it's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. That sounds and really they, cool though. It is super cool and very creative. And they do a lot of spooky stuff, which is obviously up my alley. Um, and they were tasked with doing this like elaborate trailer for Candyman. So oh, okay. the new Candyman trailer came out this week. I think the one that Manual Cinema did came out last year, but it's basically like a, a short film and it's, you can get a sense of their style. They kind of do this whole background for the movie. It's completely like silent just with music, but it kind of tells the story of sort of the atrocities committed against uh black men over time and kind of how that informs the Candyman legend from the original movie. Uh, and it's just like incredibly well done and really cool. So I urge anybody who thinks this sounds interesting to go check out the trailer that they did. It's like uh, three minutes or something like that. And 
they haven't really revealed yet if they have more that they've done for the actual movie or if they just did this thing, but I think there may be elements of uh, stuff that Manual Cinema did in the movie. Um, so that is one thing. Manual Cinema, Shadow Puppets, Candyman, coming soon. The other thing I was thinking about, as long as we're talking about puppets, is like my favorite show of recent years is uh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance on Netflix. Okay, sure. This is another thing I probably talked about on the pod at some point. I think it came out two years ago at this point. Um, but it's just the coolest thing ever. If people are into Muppets slash Jim Henson creature shop, you know, this is kind of the like spookier, more adult end of the Jim Henson Muppet creature shop experience. But this movie, the dark crystal came out in the eighties and I loved it growing up. It is super weird. It's like this, this fantasy tale where there's no humans. It's all like these elaborate different kinds of puppets. And there's, good puppets and bad puppets and they're using this dark crystal <laughs> force of energy and it's like oh man it blew my mind as a kid and i revisited it before this netflix show and it still holds up so my dark crystal heads out there i hope you've watched this netflix show because i think i think it was like 10 episodes or so and they it was canceled which is sad mm. but makes sense because it was like i could not believe that this thing existed it must have cost just millions and millions of dollars and obviously netflix has all the money but like yeah th like take this weird hour and a half movie from the 80s that's all puppets and like build it out to like 10 episodes with a billion puppets and like you know it's very high production value right. and special effects and cool music and it's telling this like game of thrones-esque elaborate world building fantasy show and i just <laughs> thought it was the coolest thing ever so i'm trying to get more people to check out Dark Crystal Age of Resistance if that sounds at all like what you're might be into. I mean, Game of Thrones with puppets, that, that's, right? that's kind of a, a selling point right there. It sounds silly, and it is not silly. So, like, if you can't get past the puppet thing, I guess I can understand that. But I feel like I kind of forget that they're even puppets after all. So, I don't know. It's uh, maybe not for everyone, but very, very much uh, uh, Johnny's uh, floats my boat, whatever. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> These are um, very much so up your alley. And uh, so those are my takes. Not particularly hot, but you know, puppets. You know, I, I, if I if I had to guess uh, what you were going to bring up this this week for your takes, it, it was <laughs> puppets. Puppets? Would, <laughs> puppets would not be at the top of my guesses. Even Triumph, the insult comic dog. I mean, <laughs> I guess so. I guess he's. Uh, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful. Yeah, <laughs> Too, for Robert Smigel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What you got? What do I have? So mm -hmm. what are you asking here, John? I'm wondering if you have anything to, like, if you have feelings about anything for this segment. I, as a matter of fact, I do. The Takes with Andrew Phelan. All right. So I have two takes. Uh, one of them is sort of like a give me, but... I'm going to start with the, the spicier of the two takes. Mm. Um, and this is not necessarily an indictment of a particular group of people, but just the, something that has, that happened to me recently. And this has to do with motorcycles. Mm. So um, I was driving on the highway, uh, maybe two two and a half weeks ago and for the record i'd like it to, to be known that i've never been 
in an accident, I am a very safe driver. Mm. Um, and you know, I was changing lanes and all of a sudden a motorcycle came out of nowhere Mm. and he swerved and he was not very happy. Um, and he then proceeded to, instead of look at the road, turn around to look at me, to give me the finger to show his displeasure, um, with me. Uh And then he proceeded to, uh, continue speeding way faster than everybody else on the highway without a helmet while also occasionally looking back at me. And I just thought about this for days. <laughs> yeah. And what pisses me off is, you know, when I see stickers that say, start seeing motorcycles and whatever, <laughs> I'm like, I'll start seeing motorcycles when they stop driving like assholes. Right. Because, and I'm again, I'm not trying to lump everybody who drives motorcycles into one group, right. but in my experience, a lot of the time I'm seeing motorcyclists operating under a different set of rules altogether yeah. because they are faster, smaller, and, you know, can switch lanes quickly dart between cars and just like, like it's, you know, fucking fast and furious 43, you know, they're just, and I'm just like, okay, like I, I totally get it. Your small vehicle, uh, people not seeing you is one thing, but if I can't see you because you're switching lanes and speeding and I don't see you at the last second because you're flying out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of on you. I'm, I'm trying to drive safely. And when you then proceed to without a helmet zoom down the highway past everybody, this is sort of proving my point. You don't have any sort of sense of self-awareness that you're like, oh shit, someone almost, you know, ran into me because I was driving like a maniac down the highway. Maybe I shouldn't drive like a maniac down the highway. Nope. Mm -hmm. You just, just keep flying ahead of everybody. And then like, and that pissed me off because like that could have been terrible for literally everybody involved. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and he he would have been destroyed because he yeah. was not wearing a helmet, and we were <laughs> and he, we were going fast on the highway. So I was just very frustrated and very upset about that. So, you know, like, and it's in, and I feel similar ways about bikers who get indignant mm-hmm. when, you know, they just they often operate with different rules of the road and it's like yeah well i'm sorry it's a little bit more difficult to slow down my one ton vehicle uh when you're blowing through a red light on your bike and you know we all have to share the same road so don't be a dick maybe that's kind of enough that might not be the spiciest part of the take but just like (laughs) It's, it's really, it's been, uh, it's been, uh, it's, it has been sort of weighing on me these past couple weeks. I'm just been like, gosh, 
the fact that he then but also is like <laughs> took his eyes off the road <laughs> turned around to give me the finger yeah like dude what <laughs> look at the fucking road yeah what is nice. like every single thing that you're doing right now is the wrong choice i wish she would have like had a handle of whiskey in one hand or something just chugging oh my it god um yeah not the not the lifestyle for me no <laughs> i was you know i have a i have a puppy and he is very uh puppyish in the sense that it's hard to get him to calm down sometimes he doesn't want to be in the crate he doesn't want to be in his little pen outside so we'll often just like stick him in our lap and try to make him go to sleep. And I was doing work outside and he finally fell asleep in my lap. And then this motorcycle like just tore up down the street uh, in front of my house. And the dog like jumped up and got all excited and wouldn't go back to sleep. And I was like, it's okay, buddy. It's just an asshole who has something to prove. That's what I literally said outside to, out loud to my dog by myself. But yeah, I just feel like there's this whole... Like, oh, my dick is small, so I gotta flick you off as I'm driving and I'm gonna explode. Like, there's this energy that I is not my energy. So, anyway, I know there's plenty of motorcyclists out there playing by the rules, as you said, but yes. uh, not, not, uh, not, not the way my brain operates. If somebody told me that this motorcycle was like dropped out of the sky next to me, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> here I am, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it just it it drove me it drove me bonkers. So um, yeah, but anyway, my uh my second my second take is about my girl, ooh, Brittany Brittany Spears. Yeah. Um, I like what's coming. <sighs> Hashtag free Brittany. Yeah, man. This is this is out of control. Yeah, this is she's if she's not already she's almost forty years old. Yeah, uh, she has been in this conservatorship being held hostage by her dad and management company for way too long. And part the part that pisses me off the most, if, if you guys aren't familiar with the whole Britney Spears uh, saga, is essentially she is being against her will has been over the past number of years, been forced to tour uh, pretty much all of her, choices uh uh living situation how much money she can spend um relationships whether or not she can take her iud out right whether she can take her because she wants to have more kids but right. there this is like there's there's just so much and like if anybody like thinks this is about anybody else but her dad and other people who are able to benefit from her and using her mental health as a weapon against her. That's the part that pisses me off the most. Yeah. Uh, that Because she went through a very public mental health struggle a number mm -hmm. of years ago when people were callously making fun of her about that, like one of the shittiest periods in parts of late night television, making fun of somebody who is having a mental health problem. Yeah. Um, and... And, but like conservatorships are typically for people who are older, like maybe who are, are have cognitive uh, like you know, issues like with Alzheimer's or something and older and older families are put in charge of this person's and the person and their assets if they don't have the uh, you know wherewithal to maybe do it on their own. Right. But a 
woman in 39, 40 year old woman, and also much younger when this all started. Um, and like her dad gives himself more of an allowance per month than she gets, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, it's, 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 it's so, wild. it sucks. And I just can't imagine, I just can't imagine being an adult uh, and having literally almost no freedom. Like the way she was describing the way they'd like micromanage even like the, the particular dances that she would do for her shows. And like she was doing Vegas for years and she wanted time off, but they wouldn't give her time off. And it's just terrible. Yeah. And, you know, I just, of course, you know, she's a celebrity and people might be like, there's more real, more important problems in the world. But it's like, you know what? Uh, We can all care about multiple things at once. And, and she's a person. And I also just think the, the larger conversation around mental health and the weaponized way that they're like, people are like, oh, she's not, she's not okay. So therefore she should have no autonomy in almost right. any way. Yeah. I'm hopeful that with this new testimony she gave this week, things might actually change, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We had, we had a guy for president. Uh, I would trust, I trust less with <laughs> any anybody's money um, but you know he was in charge of the whole country, right. so let Brittany out of this. Free Brittany. Let her. She's been with her boyfriend for like five years. If she wants to have kids, let her have kids. Let her right. <laughs> make her own music. And like it just makes me wonder, like what kind of music would she make um, apart from this sort of nonsense? Like maybe she was like because she's some really weird talk. shit, bro. I would love. She's her. working on those bleeps and bloops. Oh man. I mean, glory was a great, was a great album. And, but she, yeah, she hasn't put out, she hasn't put anything out in, uh, since then, what was, what was that? 20, is that 2015, 26? Sounds even... right. I feel like the last one I really got down with was, uh, Brittany Jean, which had perfume. 2016 was glory. Okay. Brittany, uh, Brittany Jean was 2013, which had perfume, which is a, a banger for me. So, um, anyway. yeah, the Britney, the Britney stands, uh, don't are not a are not the Britney Jean fans. Oh, really? uh, yeah, Just, I well. I'm not a like Glory and and Blackout seem to be like. Um, I mean, give me more. It's a it's a fucking it's a fucking jam. Um, anyway. Hashtag free Britney. Those are my takes. I'm with it. Motorcycles, Boom. Britney. <laughs> check and check. Puppets. Check. Puppets. Victory. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a Britney puppet on a motorcycle. Oh, man. Sounds great. Sounds like a video I'd watch. Uh, what else is going on? So what else is going on, John, is that we recently got an update Mm. Uh, from the Five Iron Frenzy Kickstarter. Hey. Jason from Unoriginal Vinyl, who has been uh, instrumental in the vinyl for the Five Iron 
album uh put a video up for kickstarter backers only and this vinyl packaging looks sick yeah i am really excited and it is worth the wait yeah and you know with the pandemic and everything vinyl stuff has been pushed back for everybody and yeah. i am really happy with the way way this is these turned out the colors look so dope uh, i know that you're not you didn't get any vinyl or anything you calling but... me out here you're trying to uh, no, i'm publicly just all right well we all, know... <laughs> we all know that john um likes uh, inferior forms of music um you know he doesn't he only listens to things digitally which is of course not the it's way the way i like it compress it up baby <laughs> um i mean it's no, hard to yeah. it's hard to get it's hard to uh it, to be fair it's hard to have that that hammock chill with with vinyl <laughs> the you record know. player on your stomach <laughs> um yeah, but I mean, I, every step of the way, every time Jason's given us a little glimpse into things, I'm just like so psyched about the decisions that he and the band have made around this record. Everything about it has yeah. just been like knocked it out of the park. So yeah, I'm excited to see too. Yeah, I think everybody will be who got the vinyl, whatever whatever variant they end up with is going to be very pleased with it. So you'll be variant happy. Uh, and the podcast is over. Wow. <laughs> Good night. And that's it. Thanks for listening. 100 episodes. And done. And what if that was where I called, where I drew the line? After everything. After everything. Uh, just one really corny dad joke. We're done. It's too far, John. You go too far. Mm. Uh, speaking of puns, I'm wondering if uh, we might be playing a game that might have some of those this week. We are going to play a game this week, John. Um, but let me, I need to ask you. Oh, yes. The, the very important question Do you want to play a game? I'm, I'm variant ready. I don't know. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, game plays you. <laughs> How about that? Is that good? Yeah, there you go. You get, you get, you're preparing for the, uh, the Black Widow. Black yeah, exactly. movie. You're, you're working on your uh your russian accent i guess yes. I don't know. natasha why did you die in movie and no one cared <laughs> very strange <laughs> um oh yes we're playing we're, yeah like why did tony stark get right? this big ass funeral and like she gave she like I mean, spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it's, it's been a while since it's, the movie came out. It's been it's been a while since it's <laughs> its end game. Uh -huh. So uh spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was, thinking it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it was very weird, very tossed off. And I was like, well, at that point we knew the Black Widow movie was coming out. So I was like, they're gonna do some tricky thing where they like refigure out she's not really dead. But the more I hear about this movie, the more I hear that that's probably not going to happen. So I'm just like, man, justice for Black Widow. Anyway, I'm psyched for that movie. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, we're not talking about <laughs> we're not talking about uh, Black Widow in this game, uh, but we are playing a game that I'm calling 
this one's called the game food lion nice into it uh so we're gonna i'm gonna be asking you a variety of questions that are related to banana man the record wow so are you ready i guess put my fandom to the test there you go first question this might sound bananas (laughs) but this question is a little appealing you're giving me shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah you wanted you wanted puns in this game so i'm giving you some puns i love it um get ready for all the banana puns because (laughs) we're talking about world records related to bananas yes which of these isn't a real world record a the longest banana split Mm. b largest collection of banana related memorabilia C, most bananas peeled and eaten in one minute. Or D, largest banana pancake. Hmm. I don't know. All those, I, I could see all of those. Um, longest Are you a banana, banana split fan, John? Did you Did you oh, ever? I, I enjoy a banana split. I, I, I don't know to split like, it up. I've, I've never really, I feel like, it's just one of those things that you, you think about like an iconic dessert, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone order or eat a banana split in person. It just seems like one of those things. It's like, this is a thing, but like who eats banana splits? You know, I'm a big DQ head as we've discussed. Sure. Uh, DQ solid banana split. I used to get that when I was little. It's a good option. I remember, I remember uh, when I was a kid wanting to, uh, order banana split at um, a, maybe it was a, I don't think it was a DQ it was a local ice cream spot when I lived in Salina, Kansas and um, my parents were not convinced that I would A, eat the whole thing or like it so they did not order me the banana split and that memory has stuck with me for over 30 years <laughs> they, they said there no for you I don't know it's exactly really, it's really shaped you yeah. um I, I'm guessing there there has been a longest banana split you know I, I, there's probably someone who's got a lot of banana related memorabilia most bananas peeled and eaten in one minute. I mean, that's that seems very plausible. Large banana pancake, also plausible. I don't know. I mean, gosh, I'm leaning towards the memorabilia one, just because the other ones really seem like world recordy. Um, you thinking the? So you you're thinking you're thinking as of right now is that the one that I made up is the memorabilia one. That's kind yeah. Of where you're, okay. And it, you know, the world's a big place. Bananas aren't that weird. There's probably somebody with the largest collection of banana-related memorabilia. But I'm just gonna say the other ones. Uh, but largest banana pancake versus just large. Uh, whatever. I think it's B. I'm going B. You're going uh, largest banana pancake is wait no wait which one are you saying? Memorabilia. Memorabilia. You're saying the memorabilia fake. is is fake. Fake banana news. Sorry, John. Uh, the largest banana pancake was the one I made up. Yeah, it was the largest collection of banana-related memorabilia is a picture of a old couple. I'm sure you can imagine wearing <laughs> banana-related uh, attire, a bunch of banana stuff in the background. But the longest banana split to me is the is the most 
worthwhile one to discuss. How long, John, do you think the longest banana split would be? I'll say 60 feet. <laughs> oh, not even close, my dude. We're talking almost five miles. What? <laughs> That's not real. Come on. Uh, nope. I'm sorry, John. It's, it's, uh, let me see. Where is this? Uh, like, just banana, bananas, on bananas. Like, they just keep going. <laughs> Here it is. It's, yeah, 26,377 feet, 11.4 inches. What? It's in Australia. Those wacky Aussies. Yeah. Uh, it says the attempt. For this record, it was it was attempted to galvanize the community after serious weather damage to local tropical fruit crops in recent years. So nice. it seems curious um, that they would then they're like, oh, we damaged a bunch of bananas. Hey, what if we use like five miles of bananas? <laughs> five miles is just so much. <laughs> it's, it's, it's way too much. It's way too much. I'm looking at these images of banana splits and they look great. So I think you should treat yourself from childhood and get yourself a banana split and weigh in i think i should um i also want to show you this picture of the couple and their banana related memorabilia yeah, she's got right. a she's got a banana sweater on he's got a banana tie he's got like a banana pin maybe in his pocket or something like that there's well there's... it all started when i saw a funny looking banana <laughs> Oh, and wouldn't you know it? My darling <laughs> wife, she was also a big banana fan. Maybe they met at like a banana convention. Yeah. Uh, they have 17,000 banana related articles. <laughs> I mean, that's too many banana related articles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's true. All right. Um, I'd next, love them. <laughs> next question What's missing from this game? <laughs> a question about Pee Wee's bike, of course. The famous bike is, of course, the MacGuffin from the cult movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure. John, as a film buff, can you tell me which of these is not a real piece of trivia about this Pee-wee film? I said, hey, the financial success of Big Adventure prompted Warner Brothers to offer Tim Burton the directing role for the 1989 Batman film. Is it B? The working title for this movie was Pee-wee's Missing Bike, but the studio didn't feel like that title captured the fun and exciting aspects of the movie or the character. C, Corey Feldman was originally offered the role to play Francis. Or D, the movie is a parody of the 1948 Italian classic, The Bicycle Thieves. Uh, Bicycle Thieves, uh, great movie. Um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, also a great movie. Uh, you know what? I consider myself something of a peewee connoisseur you're a, you're a big pea head <laughs> you're a big pee -wee head? There's, there's gotta be a name you know <laughs> how like <laughs> isn't it like i don't fully understand like internet or anime culture really but i see weeb tossed around a lot is that uh, like <laughs> that's sort of like you're into anime or something i don't know maybe yeah. there's pee, pee weebs out there um i like that um i have never heard of the idea of it having been called peewee's missing bike uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say that that is the fake one, B. John, you're right. Hey. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, I made that shit up. Um, I, I always come through on the movie ones. Yes, this was also Tim Burton's first 
sure feature was. length film. It went it went Pee Wee, Beetlejuice, Batman. Yes. That's Big a hell of a run. And then Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, I think. He had a real, real run there for a while. He Hang had on. a he was he had a good run. Uh and, <laughs> and I and I mean that in the sense that the run has ended. Ended twenty <laughs> plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um yeah. So I I also can't see Corey Feldman no. as Francis. That would have been uh, wrong vibe. <laughs> totally the wrong vibe. Especially as kind of the piece of shit that Corey Feldman is, it it, it feels like it would have uh, tainted. Uh, we also speaking of Pee Wee, we we should call out um um in recent Pee Wee Herman news the uh, the guy who. Uh, who plays Jombie, uh, the yes, uh, John Paragon? Um, like a like a high McHiney, huh? Yeah, he passed away uh, recently, and um, yeah, I uh, he also I know him also as uh, uh, Richard Fletcher, Richard Fletcher Jr. from. Uh, um, from UHF. Ah, right. He he played yeah one of the toadies of uh, Channel Eight, huh. the the son of uh, R.J. Fletcher. Very versatile. Very very versatile. Yeah, but um, is Jumpy problematic? I never really thought about that. Mechaleka High Mechahiney Home might not be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, but it's created my heart. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's 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 a thing you know definitely some cultural appropriation yeah. uh going on there with the uh the, the turban and the yeah. and the but he's also like a disembodied head yeah, he's so. a magical being <laughs> so i don't know zombie um, gets a pass from this white man <laughs> if, if there's anybody that's looking for uh the stamp of approval Go to white man. We, we will... just play devil's advocate on Jompy for a second. <laughs> Let me just, I just, I'm just asking the question. <laughs> just asking, okay? Bait me, Jompy, <laughs> coward. Um, prove anyway. me wrong. Yeah. Um, question three. All right, I'm on a streak. We all know this one's called the box. <laughs> Food line. Food line. This grocery chain store chain has gone through a variety of slogans over the years. Which of these isn't an actual Food Lion company slogan? A, fresh, friendly, family, food lion. B, get your lion's share. C, life's better with the lion. Or D, this is our home. That's our food lion. <laughs> so three oh, of these, keep in mind, are real. real. Man, they're all funny too. <laughs> I'm imagining like they just maybe like it, take themselves maybe a little too seriously for like you're called Food Lion. Um, <laughs> I'm imagining a guy not unlike the banana enthusiast uh, older man we saw earlier being like, "This is our home. That's our Food Lion." And like pointing towards <laughs> Food Lion in the corner. Um, <laughs> um, fresh, friendly family Food Lion. That sounds right. Get your lion's share. I mean, that's... They should have gone with that at some point if you didn't go for the obvious lion. 
Life's better with the lion. I don't know. <laughs> this is our home. That's our food line. Is so funny that I feel like it has to be real. So I guess I'll go see. Life's better with the lion. You made it up. I don't feel super confident though. Um, sorry, John. Uh, life's better with the lion is real. real. Okay. Uh, fresh, friendly family food line is the one I made up. Okay, that seems very plausible. This is our home. That's our food line. I believe is the current. <laughs> the that current doesn't food make line any slogan. sense. I mean, neither does <laughs> Food Lion, but. Well, actually, I learned. I just well, actually, you. Uh, well, well, actually. actually. <laughs> uh, so Ajo Del Hayes is a is the parent company of Food Lion and Del Hayes. Uh, their logo was is is a lion, and so okay. back in the eighties. Uh, they, this the food line used to be called Food Town, but when they started expanding, they they're like, oh, there's like a lot of local places called Food Town, and so they're like, I don't know, what if we like? So they just came up, they just food took the Del Hayes, they just line. took they just took the Del Hayes logo and like Food Line, and for people in the in the United States, they were like kind of confused but like for people who are familiar with del hayes they're like oh okay that makes sense but like for the rest of us we're like what the fuck is a food lion i mean they could have gone with like grocery lion and even that would sound less strange um i mean it sort of sounds like you know the the food lot that he's like driving the truck he's making grocery deliveries and he's like hey here's your groceries roar throws throws sacks of groceries at people just another day another fucking dollar for this food line i just fucking just you know nobody appreciates the food line like they used to hey this is our home that's our food line that's our food line hey guys hey how's it going Hey, food line. Uh, just just want to let you know, remind you that uh, that rent rent was due <laughs> on the first. I'm I'm good for it. Okay. Hey, you you it's, trust it's, the food line? It's it's you know it's uh life's better with me here, right? Right. That's, that was the old get, days. You'll get your lion's share. Believe me. <laughs> Uh, the internet tells me easy, fresh, and affordable is the current food line. Oh, oh, is it? So. When is uh when when is this? When was this is our home? That's our food line. I thought. <laughs> me. Because like me I, they had it. they had a they had a whole list of these on, like back to the food town days. <laughs> food town also not a great name. Uh, yeah, they uh, there's there. there one of them used to be like. 3,800 low price items or something like that was like their slogan and like that's, it. that's a little specific guys uh, well okay no this does conflicting information here this wait there's two one says this is our home that's our food line 2019 to present yes but then it also says easy fresh and affordable you can count on food line every day 2014 to present so maybe they have two. Oh well uh jury's out but you were still wrong um this is our home. That's our food line. I can't get over it. I'm just like, is the home the grocery store? Like, or is the town the home? And they're like, that's a, we're proud. That's our food line. It's very uh, This is, 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 is food line saying that like where their, their community is the home? Yes. I don't know. This who's, is our home. That's our food who, line. Who's the hour in this, in this guy, in this yeah. slogan is what I'm confused about. There's a lot to unpack. Let's get, uh, let's get Joel on the pod and he can, he can, 
we need to get we need to get his take on yes, all please. these on all these food line slogans. Um, all right, John, you were uh, I don't know. Let's see if you can turn one it around. For three, yeah. You're one for three. So question four. Christian got mauled at the zoo, but we don't know why. But an, by what animal? I'm going to assume it was a capybara. Um, unfortunately, you won't be able to see a capybara at the Smithsonian's National Zoo in Washington, D.C. But you can see a lot of other animals and learn lots of other trivia about one of America's oldest zoos. Uh, so three of these pieces of trivia are real, and one of them is something I made up. A, Smokey the Bear called the zoo home for much of his life. B, the first giant pandas ever in America were housed at the Smithsonian Zoo. C, President Trump is the only president to have never visited the National Zoo since its inception in 1889. Or D, the zoo puts on a variety of programs with names like Woo at the Zoo on Valentine's Day, Brew at the Zoo, and Boo at the Zoo in October. Well... I used you, were to in, with, uh, you were in D.C. For, yes. for a bit. Did you ever go to, to live, the... I did many a time. I used to live within walking distance of the zoo. It's a great zoo. Uh, you know, as far as if you are okay with zoos. <laughs> <laughs> On the spectrum of zoos, this is a, a good one. It is uh, very well maintained. Anyway, um, you know, it will be embarrassing if I get this wrong, having just said that I went there a lot. Um Smoky Bear, I know, is correct. That's true. Giant pandas, pretty sure that is true. Giant pandas is a very big thing at the zoo there. Uh, I know that I, yes, I, I believe Boo at the Zoo and things like that are familiar to me. That might be multiple zoos, though, so maybe I'm confusing them. I haven't heard that particular anecdote about Trump not going to the zoo. I'm guessing he didn't go to the zoo, but... Uh, it would have been great if he got mauled at the zoo. Uh, I think C, though, is fake. I, I believe this. I believe you made up the Trump anecdote. I did make it up. All right. But doesn't it just feel true? <laughs> Why would it go to a zoo? Disgusting. Many people are saying the zoo <laughs> is the worst. Many people are saying this is the worst deal we've ever had on the zoo. He probably thinks he's going to get mauled at the zoo. And that's what no, he. he that he. Don't you? Do you remember that there was like. We've had like some pandas on loan from China for a while, and they, he was talking about there was like this not that long ago, like this whole like panda diplomacy thing that right. he like almost fucked up something with the the did. pandas at. And like, can you just not ruin pandas too? <laughs> like, God, just stop being the worst for like a second. It's just unbelievable. Like. But yeah, the 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 Smokey the Bear, the yep. he was a cub that was rescued um, from a forest fire and lived at the zoo for the remainder of his life. Uh, and the the first giant pandas um, were gifted to, um, I believe, to was it the Nixons? I think it was the Nixons. Yeah, that sounds right. And. Um, and I, I also learned that a variety of presidents are gifted animals by different dignitaries or, or foreign leaders. And like that doesn't seem like an okay gift. 
<laughs> that seems yeah. like a but they but those those animals often will end up at the Smithsonian yeah. Zoo. Right. It'd be weird if they're just like in the Oval Office or sort of. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to see Obama like this is a uh, capybara. It's a uh, it's a very good boy. And uh, that's our food uh, line. <laughs> this is uh, this is our White House. This is our food line. Uh, um, uh, this is uh, <laughs> it's, uh, fresh and affordable. Man, lots of presidents. This bad. Um, John, this this is you got you got two for four. Hey, we you we got we got one more. This could be you could break you could break your streak of uh, yeah, two out of five. Two out of five. Yeah, we'll see. Let's see. Are you ready? It's a lot of pressure. Do you have anything else you want to say about the your your? Did, did you ever go to the? Did you ever take Jenny to Woo at the zoo? <laughs> we never did Woo at the zoo. Brew and Boo sound vaguely familiar, but yeah. uh, should have done Woo. Yeah, Woo. Well, Woo at the zoo is not as cool as it sounds. It sounds. It's, it's actually it's like, <laughs> a bunch Spring of Woo break. girls. <laughs> a bunch of people running around uh, topless, getting beats thrown at them. Yeah. Um, which actually does sound pretty great. But uh, the the Woo at the zoo uh, evidently there's like a speaker about like dating habits or mating habits right. of like the various animals and like that is not as cool as maybe like having like a romantic evening maybe that maybe dinner it, in the yeah dinner the cat's room or whatever <laughs> um, yeah uh, yeah I, I would i would i would rather have dinner in the big cat's room than like the primate which yeah friendly yeah you know, throwing poop and and you know being aggressive against the against the glass not maybe not so much uh, the vibe on a valentine's day you know as residents of the dc metro area i have to assume when Gordy hook was singing about the zoo this this was the zoo they were talking about so i was looking i was looking to see if there was a uh a zoo kind of closer to the fairfax area and it looked like there was there's a smaller one but interesting i'm assuming that this would be if when they're thinking zoos you gotta you gotta be thinking about the the yale smithy <laughs> that's what we all call it <laughs> that's what that's what everybody calls it um question five this is a true or false john hmm. 50 50 here we go right. true or false chiquita banana threatened tooth and nail records with legal action if they didn't remove the blue sticker on the cover of the banana man record i believe that is true you're going going true true john you are right hey three, three out of five is three the new 100 percent um <laughs> yeah this see? is our game that's our three out of five i don't know whatever. <laughs> this is this is this is our pod this is <laughs> that's our pretty good score yeah it's pretty good score. um yeah yeah the story goes that the i guess the president of Chiquita Banana was in a Tower Records and saw this and was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck?" <laughs> he was like, "It's like flipping over merchandise, throwing CDs around." Um, this is our food line. That's what he said. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm just trying to get get in here, and get my lion's share, and there's this these jackasses. No, but the the blue sticker it 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 just says. You know, it's the kind of the round and yellow, blue and yellow, kind of ovally sticker. Mm -hmm. uh, it says Banana Man, and it doesn't even have it. It's like it's parody, but they Chiquita essentially was like, "You either change this, or we're gonna sue you into oblivion forever." 
Which so they ended up taking it off. Recently, or that happened when around the time of the release? This was around the time of the release. Okay. I certainly had a copy with the blue sticker. There's a blue sticker on yeah. the like yeah, copy on the cover. And uh yeah, I'm holding the new I'm holding it up now. But yeah, the new version is just banana it just says banana man it doesn't have the it's missing something yeah if you look on spotify it just looks kind of empty yeah it is but chiquita you got enough banana money yeah it's it's a it's a good gag nobody if anybody if anything it's like it's driving home brand recognition i don't see that there's any downside for chiquita it just sort of like reinforces their supremacy within the <laughs> banana world. That's quite a sentence. <laughs> I mean, um, maybe supremacy yeah. is not the best word to go with, but I mean, if they're the ones going around and being like trying to uh, sue small Christian record labels. <laughs> Yeah, for, right. their, for their banana based album you know covered like you, yeah. you guys are you guys are the villain in this story <laughs> i'll take your precious banana man <laughs> i'll take you we'll take your banana man money <laughs> um yeah i don't know the minions they seem like they might have a some banana supremacy these days the the bananas you know they really like those bananas anybody <laughs> i have never seen I haven't either, but I know they like the bananas. Bananas. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they sing a little song like banana, banana, and they eat their little bananas. I don't know. I've just observed this through osmosis because I have kids, I guess, but I've never watched one of those movies either. But minions like bananas, Andrew. That is, I mean, that's good to know. They, <laughs> they sort of are chiquita colored don't yeah, they aren't they, they like yellow like and bananas. blue yeah maybe that's why they like bananas um why isn't chiquita going after the minions yeah that's a great question why do they got to go after combat chuck <laughs> is combat chuck on the cover what is what is what has he ever done to anybody yeah right uh i love that banana because it's about us i don't know <laughs> hey you know um, hey hey, hey chiquita <laughs> fuck you yeah, that's right. That's our food line. <laughs> for the record, this is this is our pod. This is our banana man. Fuck you. I'm gonna start saying that's our food line every episode from now on. Just so you know, this is our pod. This is our that's that's our pod. Yes. That's our food line. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. And that's our food line. We're gonna have to say that a couple times. <laughs> oh man, uh, this has been great bits with Andrew and John. Yes, good quiz. Thank you. <laughs> you are. One. You are welcome. Um, should we should we take a little break over here? I think so. Some more bananas. Yeah, let's um let's take a little break, and when we come back, John and I are gonna hop on our hop on our bikes mm. with the with our purple banana seats right. and cruise around town. <laughs> hey, okay. bro, bro, don't 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 eject it. Don't eject a bro. That's I mean, cool. if you we can we can get two shakes, okay? Yeah, that's fair. We don't we can just get two shakes. We don't have to yeah. worry about sharing it or anything like that. It's a better solution. This is this is we're still living in COVID times. We still gotta. <laughs> we'll go back. We'll go back to sharing shakes eventually, like we used to. With <laughs> every episode, two every straws. episode, two straws. John and I are nose to nose sharing shakes. Um, <laughs> uh. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Joe, and I'm a composer and a musician. That's why we call you the maestro. And I'm Will. I'm a literal doctor. But don't trust this guy with your ailments. No, I study comic books, but it still counts. We're a couple of creative kids who host a podcast called Common Creatives. We dig deep into filmmakers, musicians, books, and characters, really all types of artistic works and the people who make them. We break apart the art we love to see what makes it tick. Basically, we give you the definitive take on whatever or whoever we're discussing. All opinions are definitive and final. So check out Common Creatives wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are back. Dude, I'm so excited to talk about this album. I'm I've been very curious to to get into this record too. Because I know uh, this this was uh this was your first, this was your introduction. Yeah. Uh you lost your goatee hook virginity <laughs> to Banana Man. That's right. My my sticker came off. I don't know. <laughs> Gross. He he just <laughs> He took your Looking peel slowly <laughs> took your peel down yeah this is the first time i, Un- I peeled myself <laughs> you peeled your banana gross. Oh, God. Um, this is this is starting off already, this is terrible immediately in just bad territory um yeah this is i mean what i would have said going into the season is certainly the album that i knew and loved the most out of any band we were going to talk about um having said that now um boy slick shoes rotation of frequency giving banana man a real run for its money that might be that might be the vip of the season but i am proud to say it's hard let me just interrupt you there's that's a tough comp (laughs) that is a that is a tough look for our dudes and slick shoes we are like i don't know goatee hooks banana man against rotation frequency it's a little just like in the production alone let's just like they're yeah. in completely separate universes. Yes, it's true. However, I am proud to say that this, this was, I mean, Goaty Hook was big for me as a kid, mainly because of this album. I had put off listening to it all year until we got to them for this season because I was a little nervous about how it would go. It still holds up 100% for me. I love every song dearly. Uh, this might be an interesting discussion because... You know, I got my rating system here where I highlight songs in different colors. Yes. Yellow means I really like it. Every single song on this album is yellow, Andrew. <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to be the case for you. It's um, he, it's here is the uh, we'll we'll get into it. Uh, track yeah. by track, of course, but. You know. Spoiler alert, I. I think Sumo Surprise is a better record. And yeah, I would, I, I think we need to put a poll out and see where people land on this. Cause you said it might have been a hot take that I preferred Banana Man. And I was like, no way. That's like all the classics. But then I think you might be right. Cause like even looking at like the most streamed songs, all the Sumo Surprise songs supersede the Banana Man one. So anyway, I'll be curious to see what people say. But what, 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 what else were you going to say? Um, I, when you compare the okay so this is this is i don't know i i don't know how this i think well let's get into the details about the production yeah. because then sure. because that's kind of how 
some of this might uh, color the conversation, but you know the because it was mixed by by Steve Kravak was. Um, but, so what went wrong? <laughs> well, I think what went wrong is Steve had like a his a particular sound that he was going with that maybe worked with I don't know because he was just coming off of life in general. Right. And that I, record sounds incredible. Yeah. A guy not known to not mix well. So and the and um, the treble on this record is just yeah. Way, you it's like it, it it hurts my ears at times. It's just so trebly. Yeah. And the bass is like almost not there at times. Yeah. It's interesting because I I mean I think that'll be the main hang up or difference for us in this conversation is that your first like references to this album when we first started getting into go to hook were like the sound of it. And that was something that never occurred to me. Yeah. And you're not wrong. I'm sure I'm listening more intently now than I was when I was a kid, but that was never something that I thought about. And no, I think me neither. I didn't give a yeah. shit. I didn't give it's a shit part... when I was 13. That didn't right. matter. I think it's partly because I always listen to it loud, no matter what format I'm listening in. And like, I was telling you this off mic that like, whether it's in the car or whatever, any situation where I, where I can control, I always have the bass up super high. So I probably just listened to it that way as a kid. And so in my memory, it didn't sound that way, but you are right that it, you know, objectively, at least in the versions that I can access now, which is probably true for everyone, like Sumo Surprise sounds better than Banana Man. And it is, the guitar is extremely prominent in the mix and the bass is way back and the drums are way back. And having said that, if I turn it up, turn the bass up, sounds pretty good. So yeah, when I listen to it on my, on my uh, earbuds through the earbud app, I mess with all the levels and I crank the bass up. I crank the treble down and I'm like, Oh, this sounds a whole lot better. Yeah. But also the, just the overall guitar tone. Yeah. It's sort of like really squeaky. I don't really yeah. know how to describe it. Like no, it's, you're right. It's the, I don't know. I, I don't know the proper term for it, but there's just every, the, the it all sounds very thin. It's kind of tinny. Yeah. Yeah. Tinny thin. And it doesn't, it doesn't have, it doesn't pack a, a punch that you want right. from, you know, there's no, there's, there's not a lot of thick, tones going on anywhere on this record with any of the instruments nothing is punching which is a bummer because instrumentally i mean this thing is packed with like very hard-hitting guitar riffs and like great guitar song structure i mean guitar is certainly like the hero of this record so i guess i could see why highlighting that in the mix would be something they wanted to do but like yeah, it's it, it's there are a lot of these great riff driven songs, but it doesn't sound as good as it could, to be sure. Um, it's interesting you say that because one thing that I feel like at times this album lacks is some of those memorable hooky guitar lines like you had on uh, Sumo Surprise. You know, you think of you know songs like seasons or south capitol street 
uh, Shrinky Dinks or songs that can have like a meadly meadly guitar yeah. line or something. And I think you get a lot of this is a very power chord heavy yeah. album. There's not a lot of fancy guitar work and not that sumo surprise was fancy guitar work but there was there was something there was they were there's some little guitar hooks that were going on and not just hammering home power chord song after power chord song sure well we'll we'll get into the exception of the box of course but (laughs) sure you know that's about as the (laughs) just a beautiful riff (laughs) um yeah, we'll get to do it as we go. I, I think there are a lot of memorable memorable ones, but it's also like this packaging of songs is very much on my level. It's almost exclusively really fast, melodic yeah. punk, and it's just like my lane. I've always enjoyed that. It's, um, you know, you say that, but there are three... There's some weird ones. There's yeah. some three... There are three songs on this record I can think of just right now that are extremely slow and melodic and take their take their time but then they also explode into a big moment right a full release <laughs> um we should say this album came out on november 4th 1997 on tooth and nail uh did you you picked up sumo surprise first was it before this album came out um let's see around eighth, the same time eighth grade this this album would have been out Okay. I think um, around the same time so that I, cause I, as I said, I, I picked up Sumo Surprise from somebody at my school in when I was in eighth grade, I bought it yeah. off of him in the hallway and my banana man copy, I certainly would have picked up at either my local Christian bookstore or at uh a show or someplace but yeah i i believe my friend put a song from banana man on a mixtape for me and that's how i got into them but it was through this album and it was very much like 97 i think about like this record i think about um sort of like the aquabats real big fish sort of sillier ska sound you know what no effects was doing at that point i sort of lump all that stuff together so this was in my lane very much at that moment i was here for the like fast fun melodic kind of silly at times vibe um and so i probably got this record in 98 that's my guess like not that long Mm. after this um but produced again by kevin 131 who did the last record engineered again by drew mazurik recorded again at oz studios in baltimore so odd that a lot of that um, crew is the same, but you know, as you're saying, it sounds different. Mixed by Steve Krabak, as we said. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think there's no videos for this record, which no. is surprising. It's um, very, very curious that you would think that there would be at least one, whether right. it's like banana man the self-titled right <laughs> song you would think you have something if but... yeah i couldn't tell even if there were singles from this record which like i have to assume if there were it was like banana man or my bike um i feel like those are songs that every 
buddy who even knows a little bit of goody hook knows but maybe it's in keeping with your take that like sumo surprise was bigger because i guess they just didn't they didn't push as much for these there are videos you know for even songs we didn't write and for sumo surprise but couldn't find much about like single push or video push here um as we said banana man is combat chuck which is a wonderful piece of trivia to know um yeah there's just I'm sure some of this is nostalgia for me, but it really, the songs really do hold up for me. And there are so many riffs, which we get to, even though I understand your take that are still in my head all the time to this day. So that's part of it. Um, and there's no cringy songs to be found whatsoever here in my estimation. I don't need to open the box. Those very heavy <laughs> evangelical elements from the first record are totally gone. I don't think God has even mentioned once. Um, which isn't, you know, it's not like I am like, it's awesome. God isn't mentioned once, but it's just like such a stark contrast compared to a guy who was singing about tracts last album. Yeah. God, um, God, God. God, God, God. It is a big change. Um, but I always kind of liked it that they were a Christian band and I knew that was part of it, but they didn't feel the need to load this album up with songs. There, there, are, there are songs, there are themes that, Sure. Are reminiscent of a lot of yeah. themes that we right. have talked about this season, just sort of vague, yes. I'm terrible songs for <laughs> whatever reason. Yeah. Sort of tragic story songs. Those continue to. We will get there. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we get into it? I think we should, bro. Should we? Let's start with that opening track. I think that's, I think that's where we usually start. <laughs> that makes sense. Track one, Banana Man. My my favorite line in the song is the is the start of verse two. Uh, it might surprise you. He went to college and got his degree. It's hard to find a job with a major in plant psychology. I think that's great. It's everything's wonderful. I still <laughs> laugh at this. You know, whatever decades after being a teenager, listen to it. I still can't not laugh at. It's just this like oh. manic. <laughs> yeah, that's just this. It's so fun and propulsive. The energy is just like off the charts. I mean, what what can you say about this song? A true, a true Goaty Hook classic. Um, but aside from kind of the ridiculousness of the lyrics, and I just think it's a fun punk song. They have that four part harmony that we talked about with Jason in the pre chorus. Like, these are guys who have chops and, and can all sing well. And like, they have these fun little elements, like 
Banana Man doesn't need a cool four-part harmony in it, but it's got one in the pre-chorus, and I don't know. I love it. It's it's about a guy just like a banana. Uh, I also like that it's that is as deep as it goes. <laughs> it's not. There's nothing more. It's just like it's just a guy, presumably in a banana costume, right. and that's it. There's no like larger message he does not actually a superhero he's just not a metaphor (laughs) nope he's just like he's just a banana and that's it i think he's doing it for a job if i understand you know he's got to pay his mortgage in a chevrolet so maybe he's standing around as a banana for like a food line type business perhaps uh but all he does is stand except when running from the policeman (laughs) so occasionally so so maybe he's he's uh working for big for big chiquita (laughs) big chiquita uh, handing out those little nanner samples on the <laughs> yeah and the, the, the police are the police are shutting <laughs> down his, his nanner business yeah um yeah uh not in our top threes which may be surprising to some listeners uh, i'm guessing uh you know not to spoil a, a future song here in a bit either but i'm guessing my bike and banana man will be on many listeners top three uh, right doesn't doesn't make mine um yeah, we we won't spoil we won't spoil too much, but um, yeah, Banana Man, not not it's not that I don't like it. It's just that there are other stronger contenders on this yeah. record, such as. Devon, it's my number two. All right. Um, it is a contender for me. It doesn't make the list. I think it's great. Um, I love how guitar driven it is. I mean, I know what you're saying about the tone of the guitar, but it just sounds so great. It's so like propulsive in its in its yeah. riffs. And when that harmony comes in with the chorus. I think that rules. And then they're like, dun, dun, dun. like that yeah. hits hard. Those little stops they make. Yes, yeah. The rules. The harmonies are undeniable on this yep. song. Da, 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 da. It sounds great yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I stop the fear again. Uh, how, how do you interpret the song? What do you, what do you feel that this, this song is about? I have always assumed it's about child sexual abuse. Um, which maybe you don't, <laughs> but I don't I mean, know. I, I, I've never, I didn't know that. I never, I mean, it says once there was a time when I was too naive, but that was all changed. When you set your eyes on me, you claimed you were a friend, a harmless little touch, but then my mm. life shattered when that touch was too much. Wow. And then, yeah. um, I, for, I've never, wow. Yeah. 
you're blowing my mind wide open <laughs> that's kind of why i was like give him a break like he's talking about depravity because he says like he felt defiled by this person who he trusted um, i i never knew i <laughs> wow it could be wrong i've never heard this confirmed but to me it seems pretty evident um yeah so obviously Damn. like if that is the case you know him saying uh for now there's hate where love used to reside now i cannot find the strength to lift my head where there was once honor lies depravity instead like that this you know was taken from him um and you know the course of like i don't know when i'll start to feel again the heart inside of me in pain my memories they burn slowly in my mind it's burning what i have away like it's sort of the song about having gone through something and and working to get past it um i don't know if this is a real story or if it's character you know they're not uh they don't shy away from these really heavy stories that may not be them so that could be the case here but it feels pretty i don't know it feels pretty immediate so i wonder if there is something there or like they knew someone who went through this or something but i don't know it, the fact that even the name estevan like who is that is he the person who maybe abused someone it seems pretty specific i don't know so there's i have questions but that's that's always been my understanding that this is a really heavy one thematically yeah and i can't believe i'm 37 and <laughs> for whatever reason i just never maybe because it sounds so fun and <laughs> you don't think about it yeah yeah i for i i just i never interpreted it that way so that's right wow that's this is blowing my mind i'm having a revelation right now i feel like a real asshole now <laughs> It is your number two, though. It is my number two. Yes. It's a great song. It yeah, I would song. be curious to learn more about it if we're able to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a tough one. But, you know, it, it's the kind of song where, like, the focus is on how to overcome it. Um, and not, uh, you know, one thing we talked about was, like, they are able to do these songs about these tragic tales that usually have some kind of like, I don't know, it, it honors the characters in the sense that doesn't slap on easy answers. And like, this is a song about a person trying to overcome something, but I feel like it's not done in a, like a cheesy way. It's like a, yeah, what else are you going to do? You're going to have to try yes. and make sense of it. So anyway, I, yeah, always has. Yeah. There's, there's given some, the, the characters given dignity. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I always have appreciated about them like there's there are very heavy songs in the midst of <laughs> songs about banana man i mean it is it just kind of going off of that this putting this song between banana man and my bike <laughs> you know right it now seems like is this is it the best placement or is it the worst <laughs> placement right yeah like because <laughs> you're like this is a, an extremely heavy topic all right, let's go on to this uh, song about uh, this bike and ejecting uh, his girlfriend. Yeah, that's always been their their deal, though. Yeah, I guess so. What's missing from this picture? <laughs> it's just me without my bike. <gasps>
classic. classic. Yep. Mm. Not uh, in our top threes. Not in our top threes. No. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and again, I feel like for sure we're going to be in the minority on that, right? I have to assume this is going to be most sort of casual listeners top threes. Maybe, maybe so. I, maybe we'll be, maybe we'll be surprised. Yeah. Um, it is the uh, only song on uh, this, at least that is that I I've noted uh, that is sung by Jamie. Ah, uh, yeah. So I don't know if uh, he because he has fairly like Joel has a pretty distinct. Yes, Joel's uh, more of kind of a crooning, yelling voice. Yeah, we get Jamie's some. Yeah, we get some voice. yelly Joel on this record. Hell yeah, we do. Oh fucking yelly Joel! I love yelly Joel. I'm here for it all day. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I love the song dearly, um, but maybe kind of like Banana Man, it just doesn't really like transcend silly song world for me. Like I I like it a lot. I like Banana Man a lot, but it like kind of I don't regard it with the same level of love that I have for some of the other songs on this record, even even with its classic status. Um, I like when it stops for the slowed down verse where it's like <laughs> just the bass and the drums. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, yeah. feels like a uh, kind of blink 182 y. Yes, me. it does. The, um, just the, just the bass and the kind of after having the energetic verses and chorus, right. having a slowed down. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, of course opposite ends of the country doing different styles of of pop punk but mm-hmm. it does it is it does strike me as reminiscent yes this is this this is certainly a blink adjacent song uh of course the verse slows down because he's going to pick up the girl that he likes and the girl's eyes fill with tears as she's filled with great pride when he asks her to take a ride i love that idea that the bike is so rad that she starts crying at the <laughs> prospect of it um but then you know they uh they go to get a shake as we were talking about and um we slam back into fast mode for when they're going to get the shake but yeah uh, he's pretending they're going to share it but then he hits the eject button rude yeah uh, like that seems like a it's like <laughs> wow you're you're choosing your bike your bike and your shake over your girl dude and that's that's cold it's ice cold it's a tough look but having fitting in the fact that it has an eject button i think i think they work their way backwards from that (laughs) it seems like an important element to include an eject button in the song so i'm glad it's there uh but you know justice for his girlfriend can we Um, can we just talk for a second about the eject button (laughs) yes we can um so in your mind (laughs) like this is a uh a one-seater bike right yeah where's the eject button coming in where is question. this girl getting ejected from? Well, perhaps it's a really big seat and <laughs> part of the seat can raise up someone into the air. Is it, is it perhaps that I'm thinking too much about the <laughs> it song? Could be, by going it could be <laughs> that element. Yes. Maybe she's got a little seat to ride in on the side. I don't know. Um, Maybe she's uh, she's on the pegs. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that could be. Like we're operating on peewee logic, which that's true. An eject button makes sense regardless of its, uh, you know, actual tangible placement. Yeah. 
Um, I just feel like side note to our tangentially you know, talking about Blink-182, just want to send out some yeah. good vibes to Mark Hoppus, who has evidently been going through chemotherapy yeah. uh, for cancer at, at this point, at the time of recording an undisclosed uh, type of cancer or an undisclosed stage of cancer um yeah we we don't really know but uh i just didn't want to blow past yeah, bringing yeah, up yeah. blink 182 without just sort of marking that no you know you know no pun intended on mark or anything but you know just like just letting you know just putting putting good energies and good thoughts about about that dude out there absolutely really sad to hear hopefully yeah. hopefully he, he pulls okay. through yeah um, so I'm assuming you're number one. Well, here you go. Well, here you go. I've always tried to figure out what that it comes from or is, but um, I think we should rank boxes, by the way. Hey, hey, hey. That one is called The Box. Um, that was most of that song. That was most of that song. It was about almost 50 seconds until they started singing the box. Um, like when he says, all right, it's been 20 seconds, go. Just <laughs> <laughs> kind of how I feel listening to it. I don't know how this this version of the box isn't the number one box. It's my number two. <laughs> Fascinating. All we'll right. A, we'll, we'll get a faster box next time. Then I'm a little Controversy. <laughs> Folks, tell us your top three, but also rank your boxes for us, please. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, John and I, we like to rank our boxes. Um, should yeah. we, we? We just need to move right along to. Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Number one, of course. Number one, baby. Of course. The song yes. Yelly Jewel all day, every yep. day. Absolutely. So great. Um yep. I, might, I've been, this, yeah. I've interpreted this song as like uh maybe divorcing parents. Yes. I that, that's kind of that. how I've how I've 
and feeling sort of caught between them. Yep. I think that's right. This, uh, I mean, yeah. Another really heavy one thematically. Right. I mean, he's yes. Whether it's like, I assume it is divorce, but then one parent leaves either through divorce or maybe even death or something. So it's not totally clear that it's divorce, but I think that's probably what it is. But um, clearly trouble at home, parents always fighting, but like, yeah, just, I mean, as a kid who did not have a great, you know, my parents were not uh, happily married, I would say. Um, I just really resonate with this idea of this kid bearing the weight of sort of this unhappy parenting dynamic. Um, and I remember it was heavy when he's like, Walking home from school one day, I'm thinking of how I could be not a part of life because they'll never be done with all the fights. And I'm just like, oof, yeah, it's just, yep. it's a lot. Um, but it uh, fucking shreds also. <laughs> yes. The, uh, the uh, sort of the breakdown in ooh, the. Yeah. I think we got to hear a little of that. Um, Nice and slow. Now we were in the pit. Now we're kind of cooling down a little Pull bit. Cooling down from the... Just those bass and drums. But are we going to build back up, Andrew? I don't know. I think this is probably over. <laughs> oh, shit. Something's happening, bro. Okay, just one guitar, though. Probably not both guitars. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just going to kind of stay pretty mellow. This one guitar is good. Uh, I want Joel to be Yelly Joel, like, but we need to get to the end of here for a second. Let's hear all of it. That, uh, just that sustained scream. He great. He contains multitudes. He, he does. He can croon with the best of them, but then the yells, the screams are just so on point. I mean, it's not yeah. a lot of singers who can kind of vacillate between that hardcore sound and the like very different kind of vibratoy sound of some of these other songs. Um, yeah, the the song absolutely rules, and I do wonder if we will kind of be in the minority as having this as our favorite. But you cannot deny how great the song <laughs> is. Um, and maybe it's not a riff like you were saying. It's not some like incredible or complicated riff, but I do have guitar lines from this album that stay in my head, have stayed in my head since then. And this is still guitar lines. <laughs> this is our guitar line. This is our guitar line. <laughs> I still regularly think in my head all the time, like it's just it rules. Um, yeah, it's, I I love the song. Joshua, <laughs> yes. Yes. Daniel, coming to America. Gilligan. 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 I always thought that was at the beginning of Running Away. It really wasn't until this week that I realized it was at the end of Middle Ground. <laughs> uh, should we listen to a little Running Away?
so good. good song. It's a great one. I love that like chugga 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 guitar <laughs> that comes in the pre-chorus and there's yep. like the toms in the background. Yep. Um, the, the woes on the, the chorus. Woe harmonies cannot be beat. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. The like the chugga chugga guitar on the toms into the woe harmonies. I mean, that's just like a glorious payoff. So good. And, and it's, a, it. it's a it's a winning chorus because it's just running away. Right. So it's an easy sing-along <laughs> chorus. You feel great. You could do the running away. You could do the the whoa whoa woes. Yeah. I you're mean, winning. You're winning all around. The only thing more punk than having like a two-word chorus that you can shout along is having some whoa woes on top of it. Ugh, so good. Again. Not in our top threes, but a very, very good song. Yeah. Um, I took this one thematically. I was to kind of be about like, kind of like you're saying, maybe this is a little more similar territory to some of the stuff on Sumi Surprise, but like maybe about a friend who's making some, what he see, what the narrator sees is like bad choices and he's trying to intervene. You know, there is kind of this tone of, of judgmental. Uh, yeah narration in the first part where he's like you will lose and fall flat on your face and when you do yeah. i'll still be here despite your disgrace but like i think it's maybe just like born out of being really frustrated like i think if it stayed you know i feel like i do this every episode but whatever like in that sort of dogwood lane of just like it sucks for you the end of the song <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> even yeah. like early slick shoes songs but like it goes into this sympathetic place. Like the pre-chorus is my hand is here. Just take it. Like, I love that. It always seems to me to be like, he's asking this person to be real with him and, and yeah. for real authenticity. And he's like, I will be here. So that feels like a different tone than just like a boy, you messed up with your life choices. Yeah. I think it, it's a mixed bag because it, it does have that. You're going to fall in your face. <laughs> right. Uh, but like, ask me how I can help. I want to help. Uh, right. So it has both, and um, I don't know. Maybe this person, maybe there's there's parts of this that we we don't yeah. understand. It's like maybe this person's like, you know, I keep falling on my face. Maybe they're right. so given given uh, Joel the benefit of the doubt here um, that yeah. he's not trying to be super judgmental, yeah. right? Um, Just a little bit of a patronizing attitude but i like that it comes from a place of like look i'm trying to help you and not in the like oh, if you could just get your act together it's more like i genuinely want to help you i don't know especially he says uh you know don't walk away ashamed again and beat up yourself yeah so like you're gonna you're gonna whatever it is you're struggling with you're gonna feel bad about it and beat beat yourself up over it but um, I'm your friend and I'm trying to be helpful and, and care about you and whatever. So yeah. I, I, I can appreciate that. And I, again, trying to not trying to put myself in that sort of mindset of this, those kinds of songs that I would have written. Like right, I would have right. written this same style right. of, of song. Yeah. Well, so. I like it. Um, this one you like a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> faster i think it's a little more fun because uh, <laughs> it's got the ah, at the end yes and, and a bark 
um yeah it's a little more a little more my speed but not quite as chaotic as another fast version that comes <laughs> later so i think this is i think this is my preferred box but it's a toss-up between that and the and the og box uh, i'm i'm an og box fan i'm a an sure, OG, sure. og box stand over here for yeah yeah for life <laughs> um and now we go from a very fast box mm. to a very slow song yes um i mean it's a very emo uh, end of relationship song yeah as i interpret it yes Um, and yeah the part that uh sort of strikes me is uh maybe we were just fools caught up in something yes something that we don't know what to do with something we can't handle just yet Yep. So it, it it kind of makes me think maybe they're a little, maybe they thought they were too young or yeah. kind of unprepared for the seriousness of the relationship. Yep. And maybe they were starry eyed and thought that it was more than they could figure out what to do with that. However old they were. Yes. Fully still agree. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a top three contender for me and I'm curious about, if people feel that way or not, but I've I, always loved the song. I got a, uh, an anecdote from Jason, mm. uh, shadow producer on original vinyl, um, said that this was one of those songs that they often tried to do live. And sure. it was sort of like a boner killer. Yeah. That's what five. And uh, I was talked about with like, the more dub songs where people yeah, just more like, dub, stop moving more, around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like people are like, play the hits, play the fast songs. We don't want your introspective emo heartbreak songs. <laughs> right. Play my well, bike or get off the stage. Yeah. This and Monsters, which we'll get to later, I've just yeah. always really loved. They feel like real standouts to me. And I just like that they 
they stop in the middle of all these fast melodic punk songs to have this like slowed down, more emotionally driven song. You're right. It's like the closest they get to emo on this album, but I just like how it builds. And I think the chorus is really pretty. I think Joel sounds great. He does. Um, I, and so here, here's the thing too. Like I, you are, you're starting to see on this record, the, uh, some glimpses of them trying some interesting stuff and something in yes. some new things that you will see on two years to never this yes this is not you know just fools and monsters are not your straight ahead punk songs there's there's a little bit they're trying something a little yeah unique and um maybe just fools isn't a you know it's a four minute emo song maybe doesn't work the way it live the way uh what or maybe it's not the mode that people want from goatee hook live sure uh, yeah, but, on, but on and out on the album i find myself harmonizing with that chorus quite absolutely a bit. yeah no i i think it's great i love that harmony i think that really the low harmony too yes like yeah. i don't i don't know who's doing the the counter harmony low counter harmony but I yeah. like that a lot. I th yeah, I don't know. Um, but where it really goes into the next gear for me is in the bridge where they do start rocking out. And could we hear some of that? That's at uh, 250. Those, I mean, those yeah. like hitting the the drums dun, like dun, dun. yeah <laughs> love it yeah just yeah I, I wrote down the exact same lyrics I think that's you know the emotional and musical climax of the song and that just it feels like such a good articulation of what young love in your teens or your early 20s can feel like like yeah this thing is so big that you can't quite handle it and you don't know how to. Yeah. And I just was struck by like the self-awareness of that as a kid. Yeah. Like I remember being a kid and thinking this guy's not that much older than me and being able to name, like maybe the problem here is that just like, this is something we don't even know how to process yet. We can't handle it yeah. just yet. I was like, that's such a, I don't know, a, a surprisingly sort of, self-realized uh, uh, account of a, of a young love song for like an emo kid. Yeah. Um, and it's not, not, not just that, but it's very mature. Right. Yeah. To be like, instead of powering through and being yeah. like, you know, what was me and, or something, it's just like, like just, I don't know, maybe that maybe there's, yeah, it's, and maybe it was a conclusion that it seems like it was he he's the one that came to the conclusion right uh you know it kills it kills me to know that i'm the only reason why the right. reason why she's crying that presumably he's the one that's like i just don't know if this is gonna yeah. be what we think it can be and it seems like this huge thing 
when you're a teenager and you know in retrospect it's like it's probably fine that that relationship didn't move forward but you know as a kid you're just like but i feel everything <laughs> um yeah. yeah i i i i uh i resonate with yes. the emo the emo joel jams me too man yeah uh also who thought i would end up here in the same place after three years what is this us with the podcast huh? <laughs> who thought i would still be here three years later anyway <laughs> not this guy um hey look at us hey who look at who us, look at us? Who, look at us. who would have thought not me not me <laughs> hashtag paul rudd reference number two <laughs> yep um and again going classic goatee hook from mm. the super emo song <laughs> yep. to the Hell cowboy yeah. song Need to get need to get some of those whip cracks in there. <laughs> um, this is my number two. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I love it so much. Oh my god! I don't. What? <laughs> Perhaps surprising, because I said Banana Man and my bike, silly songs maybe don't transcend. I just cannot. I cannot resist the power <laughs> of the song uh i i don't <laughs> understand i think this is a goatee hook favorite i think this is another classic with those I, ones this is this is like this song to me i don't know this is probably near as far as like ranking if i were ranking all the songs on this record this is probably closer to <laughs> Jesus that's me doing you <laughs> that is spot on nailed it you, how you can need... you not like ding 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 etc um, I don't know it's about cowboys I know it's so funny because I'm like you know these songs that like have these more emotional complexity I'm like these are really strong contenders for me <laughs> I'm like the silly ones don't resonate quite as much. I'm like, but cowboy, I just can't, I can't say no to cowboy. I kind of went back and forth on it, but I'm just like, I know again, that central riff is not like some amazing breakthrough in terms of guitar, but it's so hooky and great and earwormy. The like, ding, 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 ding. the drums are great throughout. It's so bouncy and fun. Ba, ba, um, ba, 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 ba. It's so great. I think this was also the first Goody Hook song I heard. So that could play a role. I think this was a song that was on the mix that my friend gave me. 
Um, but like by the time you get to the pre-chorus and he like punches the like high in the saddle, he heads into battle. And then like, dang, 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 I just can't resist it. There's little jazzy bass lines on the uh, chorus. The ding, 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 ding. I just think it's so fun. The whip sound. Come on. <laughs> whip I sound. love it. <laughs> Get a little. <laughs> well, Jerry said, come on. There's a whip on. There's a whip on the song. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. Come on. Um, That's the deal with cowboys. He's heading into battle, baby. He's, ri- he's, not, he's riding a horse. He's not riding, <laughs> he's not riding a cow. He's a man. He's I a just, horse man. <laughs> I just love the way the little melody rides along. It's so like, I just, I love it. I don't know. I hope there's others out there who, who love cowboys as much as I do. I do like uh, a cactus for a pillow. He can hear the coyotes cry. <laughs> That's great. It's a great line. Wonderful picture. The like, <laughs> I think is really what puts me over the edge. We're just like, this is, this is the best. Yeah. There's, there aren't too many punk songs that are incorporating <laughs> uh whip cracks into their sadly into their percussion <laughs> more whip cracks please um uh, all right and <laughs> he he wants to give all, all of the hugs and Bolivia, kisses to yeah. yeah all of Bolivia. <laughs> that's what i was deciphered yeah uh that was christian yeah all right. Love by numbers. Love by the numbers. Get in the pit, bro. One, two, three, go. my number three it's it's my number four i just barely <laughs> didn't how include could you it. how could you not like the song I bro know. i really the listening back crack, through it the whip crack beats <laughs> out love by numbers listening back through it i'm like whoa, did i make a mistake could this be my number two instead it's like it's just outside i the song is so catchy i yeah it's unbelievable made a mistake here <laughs> Um, I mean, you're talking about riffs. That intro is always in my head. Another one. It's always in my head. It's great. And you're like, and that's that good enough. right out the gate. But then just immediately. <laughs> yeah. It rules. Yes. Oh, it rules. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, there's, there's no doubt about this, that this is a, top three contender and this yeah yeah um it's got it's got that great pop song structure and kind of a classic (laughs) it's got that thing where you count to 12 in all of the verses and it's got that thing where you pray for somebody (laughs) that but the like the counting thing does kind of feel like a classic 50s song kind of thing you know like you could see an old song having that same kind of counting structure to it um but yeah just i mean the way the 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 drums go into that double time in the chorus and the whoa, whoa, whoa 
background yeah. vocals. You can't you can't yeah. top that. It's, yeah, unless it's cowboy. <laughs> I'm questioning myself. I think this is another big big favorite. So I'll, again, I'll probably be outnumbered here. But you, uh, I mean, you can give yourself an out here before the end of the record. But we'll see. We'll see. Ooh, did it. There's a little bass finally. And it's gone. I stand yelly yelly joel this is it's great man it's so fun his voice song, yeah his voice is so great it's so great the harmonies in the song are so great again yeah. it's like you know a silly kind of throwaway song but with these like delightful harmonies in it and fun vocal delivery especially ball in the like the <laughs> yeah <ball laughs> the little dropout where it's just acapella i mean that's great yeah. not too many punk bands could yeah could just pull that the off. just the just the drums. Let's see what. No, where is that? It's so fun. Yeah. It's so great. It's a fun song. That is this. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. What were you gonna say? Is this what? Is this from the perspective of the animals? Because there's like a delight being taken and Christian getting mauled. It says, he says, Chris, do you feel lucky? Do you think that you're invincible? Your smile says, come get me and you'd better run. <laughs> like, are these, are these the monkeys? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can't it tell. says, can you read your label? It says, eat meat, have fun. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if it's like someone taunting him and being like, what did I tell you? Like, you're going to get eaten at the zoo or if like <laughs> your smile says, come get me. It's just so funny. I don't know. I, this song has always really amused me. Yeah. It's, and, uh, uh, it's a good one. It's the end of that one. One. Two, three, <laughs> this is four, this is in my last place. <laughs> Too slow. It's kind of crunchy and metally though. It's like it's it's sort Stoner of like, rock. like doom metal or stone yeah, yeah. rock. It's just it's just way too slow. The box. The box. <laughs> line. Yeah. Um. Ooh. A song where they're doing something interesting here. Sure are. Gosh, I love this. Doom, doom. 
so great. I I you really feel conflicted. <laughs> no, I like the song. There's there's it's one it's one of the songs that I because I I think that this album could have been so if it just had a really decent mix. I think yeah. some of the stuff that they were trying could have like this song could have blown my dick off just if <laughs> could they have blown had, it all away could have blown it all away if they just mixed it like especially with the impact of the of right that that sort of phased sound that they yes. had i don't but that what i wanted what i would have wanted is like to not go back to that super thin sound for the second chorus sure. i think that they could have gone to like a more quiet sort of thing. middle ground if like, you will yeah nailed it but going back to that very slow tinny kind of the, i don't know what kind of sound but like that you, you, I kind of I kind of think about this song in the way I think about a lot of Nirvana songs. Yes, that the quiet do, loud thing. Yeah, the quiet loud, quiet loud sort of thing. That, but Nirvana didn't do like dial out all of the bass and just like they still had the the quiet part, but it wasn't like an artificial quiet. They like yeah. played their instruments in a way that it was quiet, and then they exploded. Yeah. And I think it they almost... could have switched back to, I don't know. But I still appreciate what they're doing on the song because I think it's yeah. interesting. It almost reminds me more of Pixies, which Nirvana okay. always cited Pixies in terms of the quiet, loud, quiet thing. And this feels a little more weird and artsy, like something Pixies sure. have done. And, and we know that That's they fair. like them because they cover Where Is My Mind on right. songs we didn't write. But I love the song. I've always loved it. I think in the same way that, um, you know, just fools made me kind of sit up as a kid and be like, Oh, what's going on here? Like this, something's happening. Like this is, I don't know, maybe in my top five, honestly, any song on this album could be in my top three. You could rearrange them all. I don't care. Except for middle ground. That's number one. Um, but yeah, I, I always love the structure of like these weird sounds and the quiet and muffled, and then it explodes and I hear you, but I think, I mean the breakdowny bridge, and then it builds back up. I can't resist that. Can we actually hear a little bit of that at like uh, yep. three thirty-eight? Hell yeah! All right, let's bring some guitar back. More guitars. Just rules. Ugh, cannot resist that. Yeah. Love it. I like um, the I like the slow build. It's great. That's great. And I kind of hear you on the like wrestling with shame and whatever thing, but it feels a little different to me than some of those other like oh, I'm back struggling with my stuff again. Because like, okay, he's walking through this you know, metaphorical forest and the breeze is blowing away the different things that he's struggling with. Like these monsters of, of shame and fear and pride. I kind of took it more to be like, he goes to this forest 
and that stuff blows all that other stuff out of there. So like when the huge loud sound comes in, it's like, but I'm, I'm moving past things like shame and fear and pride that I get hung up on. I don't know. It always felt to me sort of like a freeing sense of like dealing with that stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a generous read, but I like that that stuff gets blown away. <laughs> I feel the breeze. What is, I mean, are we to interpret the breeze as God? Or are we, yeah, that it's, could be. it's coming. It's, it, it's coming from him though. You know, it says, I right. hear a cry alone in the dark and I search from whence it came. I find the cries coming from me and it blows my pride away. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a complex song, man. Yeah. There's some, there's, there's, it's without just being like, and the cry is Jesus and Jesus <laughs> right. is, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah. I don't really get that for in, in a lot of these Joel songs on this record, there's a little, lot more complex emotions yeah. going on than, yeah i guess Maybe. i took it as yeah Go ahead. just a, a way for the the woods the forest representing a way to sort of get in touch with yourself to recenter yourself um whether that is through a spiritual means or whatever but like yeah feeling weighed down by the stuff and having this sort of walk of solitude where you can shake some of it off or something i don't know mm. i the song is really cool i yeah i again it's another one that i'm curious about what other people Think, I think but, it's their most, the most adventurous song on this yeah. record. But again, another one that probably wouldn't do well live. No. <laughs> a lot of people going to the bathroom during those yeah, verses, probably. Going, <laughs> going to check out the merch. Right. Um, but it's not my number three, and we haven't gotten to my number three. Which yeah, means... it's because it's the, uh, it's the last box? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> yeah, the guitar doesn't sound very uh, full and lush there, does it? <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I won't look back. That's not for me. Please don't take what I say literally. I know I'm bad. Gross slime is gone. See in the pit, bro. I won't look back. That's not for me. Please don't take what I say literally. I know I'm bad. Close time is gone. And I feel rotten for what I have done. Give me a, give me a, give me a chisel to the way. Oh, it's so good. It's my number three. Man. <laughs> Do you disagree? No, I just uh you just feeling you're feeling the you're feeling the love by the love by numbers, bro. I, mean, I do really like that song. Yeah. But this, but this song also ends with Yelly Joel. So it really does. <laughs> I I don't know. This is one that like it starts off and I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is silly. But then just completely explodes at another hardcore style song breaks out in the middle of it. I love it so much. 
the give me up give me up give me a just a turn away is another line that's like still in my head all the time to this day <laughs> um if you nailed it rules yeah where uh, where is the where's the yelly joel emo album that we've all been waiting ooh. for well tears to never is not not that um sort of that um but yeah just at the dynamics of this one it's like it starts off completely different then it explodes then when those background vocals come in with first two they're like you could be now i mean that rules Love all that. And then, yeah, it's just, it's all just like this irresistible energy for me. The slowing down again for the big climactic third verse we just heard, but then Yelly Joel coming in at the last one, this drawn out ending. It's a really good, fun closing note for the album. Just like the song itself contains all these different sort of sections. It explodes, it's super fast, but it's really fun. I don't know I don't what know. you're closing. What are you talking about, bro? Oh, that's, how could I forget? Ah, that's about that. <laughs> it's too chaotic it's so chaotic it's probably my number three out of the four boxes but you know but i do like the uh <laughs> all right that's it you're out of tape <laughs> all right wasting guys, tape the- micah <laughs> tape micah you're wasting tape that's it you're out of tape i love the get impatience the- of get the fuck like, out of the studio <laughs> yeah we're 20 seconds in go and then like all right you're out of tape that's it um <laughs> they were probably like all right you guys have like three minutes left um what do you got and then they're like oh, i'll do the box again <laughs> for the fourth time um gosh do i love this album it was so much fun revisiting i hope people feel the same um yeah i truly i truly love every single song i could rearrange some maybe i made a mistake with cowboy but i gotta i gotta be true to my whip cracking heart um what a great fun record it was a very fun record. Enjoyed it. Um, well, let us know what you think about our Banana Man takes at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727 MagPod. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. And we would like to welcome... Brandon Kisner, the aforementioned of the hit song, Bald Aggression, parentheses, Power Bears. Brandon, welcome to the Patreon. We'd also like to welcome fellow new Patreon punk, Eugene Christ. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon and Eugene. Uh, we got a little... Can we, uh, can we get a couple uh, Wilhelm screams for our dudes? <laughs> um... <laughs> You want me to do a Wilhelm scream? Oh. Hey, guys, here's what you got. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, come, You come for our spicy takes, stay for the Wilhelm scream. That's right. Uh, another thing you don't want to stay for this week, if you're on the Patreon, is uh, we're going to have some 
bonus content with uh, some Goaty Hook tracks. The the two songs that were on uh, the independent EP they released, uh, most of those songs ended up on Sumo Surprise, but two of them did not. And we are going to cover those songs today on the post game on the Patreon. So go check that very out. Very weird songs. Very, very weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you to all our Patreon folks. You can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks also to Shadow Producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl, and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice soon uh, when we'll have a very special episode. We're going to take a couple weeks off, but uh, we will be back, back again shortly. Love you. See you in the pit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours. How long Andrew and John talk on the pod? Because they, they won't shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. Eleven, twelve pods. Or something there. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve pods. The pod is never gonna fucking end. <laughs> you, know, you know, if if Goaty Hook swore a lot more in, in their songs, that yeah. would be that'd be this. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.